Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. So pleased to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I'm glad to see my clerk Mordecai has brought you back to this section of the shop. You may not have known that we have a greenhouse here at the far end, the back of the shop, if you will. You'll find a collection of rare, exotic, bizarre, and sometimes dangerous examples of flora. Now, this specimen right here, while intimidating as it may seem, it is not dangerous, although the name, the colloquial name of this plant would presume otherwise. This plant known as Titan Arum, but known by many as the corpse flower. Notice the large size of this flower. These plants known for how long it takes them to bloom, generally requiring five to ten years before the first bloom. After that, some plants may not bloom again for another seven to ten years. But that is not the reason this plant is called the corpse flower, as you'll notice the pungent aroma, not unlike that of a rotting corpse. And therein lies the essence of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Shudder original, Blood Flower. So, Blood Flower is a Malaysian movie that I hadn't really heard much about. I, I knew it was coming out on Shudder, and it was one of those movies that, you know, I was doing some research earlier in the year, and I found out it's coming out, but I really hadn't seen any trailers for it. I didn't know it was a Malaysian film. Uh, I didn't know it was a, a non-English speaking film. I, I didn't realize it was going to be a film that was going to have subtitles. Uh, but when I found all this out, I was still intrigued enough by the premise of it and some of the visuals I had seen from it, some stills uh, from the movie that I thought, okay, I I'm going to give this a shot and, and see where it takes me because I, I don't think... I have ever seen a Malaysian film. Uh, I, I can't think of any right offhand. And I'm always interested to see when other countries do genre films, horror, fantasy, science fiction. I'm always interested to see their take on it. Because like here in the States, it seems like everything gets so kind of boiled down and homogenized. And it just feels like different variations of the same thing. And, and always looking for something new, something exciting, something different. And sometimes you can get that with directors and filmmakers in in foreign countries that are, are doing things not the way they do them in Hollywood. And, and so I'm always interested to see uh, what other filmmakers in other countries are doing in the way of horror. Now, this movie wasn't going to be something completely different and out of the box. I, I'm going to be right up front with you. We're not going to get too spoilery right now, but we are going to get into some spoilers later. But uh, it's not breaking any new ground with this movie. Uh, you have a lot of 
of elements that you've seen in other movies. I, I liken this to being like one part the Exorcist meets the Conjuring meets the Sixth Sense in in a roundabout way and and some of the imagery while it's very stunning and some of the cinematography is really good and the, the directing is really good uh, some of the images you see are kind of your stock images that you would see from any possession type film now that's not to say it was a bad movie and it's one of those movies that's really kind of weird i probably liked it more than i should have but I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. And that's kind of the, the strange dichotomy of this movie. It had a lot of really good things going for it. But then it also had some things that I just wish they would have done a little bit differently. Not that I didn't like it. Not that I didn't like where they were going with this. I just wish it would have played out uh, a little differently. Or if they would have uh, taken some of the focus off some aspects and, and put them on others. And like I said, once we get into the spoilery section... Uh, that's where we're all kind of discussed that. But the basic premise of this movie in, and I'm going to read you what they have on IMDb. And I don't think this, this description, and it's not just IMDb. I've seen it all over the internet. I don't think it does this movie justice, but it's a, a young apprentice healer tries to suppress his supernatural abilities so he can fit in with the other kids. But when a malicious spirit breaks out of his apartment, uh, he decides to use his abilities while dark family secrets are revealed uh that is probably one of the most inaccurate descriptions of a movie that, that i've ever seen because there's a lot of things that are wrong uh it doesn't break out of his apartment his apartment building uh dark family secrets aren't necessarily his family secrets he is a young apprentice and and I, they do talk about this in terms of being a healer but it's more of being an uh, an exorcist uh, of sorts and, and we'll get into that a little bit later but i enjoyed this movie for the most part there were some aspects of it that i wish would have been done a little differently i, I think from the horror standpoint they did a really good job with with creating some really scary moments. I just don't think the build-up to those scary moments, for the most part, were done how I would have liked to have seen. And, you know, sometimes you just get a scary image thrown in your face and there was no build-up to it, where in other scenes, you get this slow build-up and, and you get the tension and the, the anticipation rising, uh, especially some of those earlier scenes. Uh, it did have some some creepy moments. It had a lot of really good effects, uh, a lot of good practical effects. It had some okay CG and then some really bad CG. Uh, and, and most of the bad CG was CG blood. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you don't want to listen to me bitching anymore about CG blood. But that, but that I did have a problem with. But I think where this movie really shined was the characters and the actors. I, I thought the characters were really interesting. The actors were really good. We'll get into those, although I'm not going to dwell too much on because there's not a lot of actors you really know. There are a lot of Malaysian actors that, well, I, I don't know who they are. I was really impressed with a lot of them, and I can't wait to see them, hopefully, in, in some other future endeavors, uh, horror, fantasy, or science fiction, whatever. But beyond the the actors who, who really did a good job playing these characters, 
this movie was really about family and, and family relationships and how it can either be your safe haven or your trauma. And and that's one of the things that really, one of the aspects of this I really enjoyed and it made me care about these characters when uh, there, were, there were some aspects of the movie that it just, I was like, ah, why are they doing it this way? I wish they would have kind of done it uh, another way or why are they focusing on this when they should be focusing on that? But, you know, regardless of all that, the characters and and the story and the relationships between those characters was really what kept me engaged in this film and in this story. So uh, if you haven't watched Blood Flower or Harem Malam, as it's named in Malaysia, uh, I encourage you to check it out on Shudder because it's, it's worth the watch. Um, I will never say don't watch anything unless it really is, is horrible. But this isn't even that sort of situation. Uh, it, you're going to have problems with it like I did, or you're going to really love it. Uh, I think some people will really love this movie because it has a lot of good things going for it. But some people like me who who critiques and comments and, and, and talks about movies, uh, there were some aspects of this that left me wanting. But I think regardless of that, I think this is a movie that you, you really need to sit down and watch and, and experience it for yourself and, and see what you think. So uh, if you haven't watched uh, Bloodflower, go check it out on Shudder, then come back and listen to my thoughts. But if you have seen it or you don't care about spoilers, one way or the other, we're going to press on into spoiler territory. Now, one of the things about this movie that uh, I found interesting was the director, Dane Saeed. Not a director I know, uh, like a lot of these actors. Uh, I did not know him, but from what I've gathered, a very well-respected director in Malaysia. Of course, he was a part of the writing team with Ben Omar and Nandita Solomon. I thought they had a really good basis for a story there are like i said there are some aspects of the story that i really wish they would have focused a little more on i, I wish they would have focused a little less on the iqbal character our main character this young man who has these these abilities i wish they would have focused a little less on his reluctance to embrace his gifts i wish they would have focused a little less on that and then a little more on the mystery that that really culminates in the in the end of this the the climax of this movie you you get set up with the idea that this one character uh Narul, her sister disappeared eight years ago uh, they mention it in passing it's brought up from time to time but there's never really any investigation into why she disappeared or what happened to her or uh, anything like that. And and then when you find out the reveal, this is probably going to be the biggest spoiler, that it was the father, Jamil, who who did horrible things to his daughter and and she died and she brought this demon into, into the picture. It came out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, I really wish there would have been like some buildup to that. This Farah character, uh, Narul Aboy's sister, she's just mentioned in passing a few times, but then at the very end you find out, oh, well, she's the reason this is all happening, and I had no idea. Uh, they show this young apparition of a girl, which you find out is Farah, but you've never seen a picture of her. So you didn't even know, you know, you can't even put that two and two together that, oh, that's the girl I saw in that picture. That must be. And and it just all kind of seemed out of left field, which I, I kind of wish they would have 
built up that mystery and gave you some clues to figure it out for yourself. And they didn't do that. So that was that was one big disappointment. And I thought one of the one of the failings of the script. But ultimately, like I said, not a bad script and not a bad story, and not a bad idea for a story. It's just one of those things where I wish they would have they put too much focus in one area and kind of left another very important area left to just bam, here it is. But ultimately, this story takes place in this apartment complex where you have uh, two families that, that live next door to one another. There's Iqbal. He is your main character, played by Adan. Adan. I'm probably butchering these names, and I do apologize. But he is a, a young teenage boy who has these, these gifts that he's inherited from his mother, Dinah, played by Nadia Nisa. And of course, there's their father, Norman, played by Bront Palaray. And then the younger sister, Ilya, played by Angelica Petra. And that's this first family unit that you get. And then, of course, there is the the other family unit. We talked about Jamil, played by Remy Isak. His wife, Anna, played by Amanda Ang. And then their daughter, Narul, also goes by a boy. which you And she's kind of got this tomboy look about her. And you find out later why she has this this tomboy uh, visage about her, but played by Arnie Sasha. And then there is an uncle, Uncle Rahim, played by Joey Dowd, which is kind of funny because uh, in watching some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on this movie, uh, like Remy Isak, who plays Jamil, the father in this second family, and, and kind of the bad guy in this movie. Uh, he usually plays like romantic characters uh, in Malaysia, and Joey Dowd uh, usually plays like comedy roles, and he plays like a real sleazy asshole the younger brother of jamil and then there is a grandmother uh popo played by pearly chua uh hopefully i'm pronouncing that right but i'm probably not but but the first family iqbal's family uh is really interesting and i I really liked how this played out uh it was just very heartbreaking and very creepy and this first scene you get with the family where they're driving out to this place uh, for, for some reason you don't know. And they're all walking through the woods to get to this house. And you see all these long, elongated, shadowy specters in the mist through this forest. And, and the mother Dinah is talking to Iqbal and how they can't hurt him. But it was just so creepy and set attention and set an atmosphere that I don't think was maintained throughout the movie. If you could have kept that sort of atmosphere uh, throughout, uh, I mean, we had moments of it throughout the rest of the movie, but it was just such a creepy and bizarre and otherworldly feel to that first scene in the movie. And then they get to this house and you find out that Dinah and Iqbal have a gift and, and it's essentially, you know, they consider themselves healers, but essentially what they're doing is exercising demons from people. And, and, they, and that, that big fight with the demon in that house was, was pretty creepy, especially that one scene where uh, the demon is in the body of this girl and she has her back to Iqbal. And then all of a sudden this head pops out of the hair in the back of her head and... It was it was creepy as f, and it reminded me of Malignant, how the main character that had the the head in the back of her head, but uh, it was uh, great practical effects in there, kind of enhanced by some CG, I'm sure, but uh, wonderful practical effect with that, and it ultimately culminates with Dinah dying, 
And for the rest of this movie, you have this this broken family, Iqbal and his father Norman and the the little sister Ilya dealing with the death of their mother and wife. Uh, I don't think they delved into that enough. I, I don't think they showed enough emotion with that, but you did get some of that fallout and they opted to spend more time with Iqbal and his reluctance to embrace these powers that he has and to follow in his mother's footsteps. And I found it a little bizarre because the father, in in an effort to help his son, takes him to some sort of shaman of, of, of some sort. And instead of just, as they call it, tying his powers, instead of tying all of them, he just ties the powers that allow Iqbal to heal, essentially exercise demons. So he still has all these other creepy facets to his abilities where he he sees dead people and he can see when people are going to die and really creepy shit like that that would be, of anything, probably the more traumatizing aspect for a teenager with these powers. Uh, So that seemed a little... A little weird, but it made sense towards where they were going with the movie. But that was another aspect of the movie that really had some creepy scenes was Iqbal's uh, being able to see premonitions. He's able to see people before they die. He has a premonition of his own mother's death. He has a premonition of Popo, their next door neighbor, the second family's uh, grandmother, her death. Uh, he has a premonition about uh, Narul, uh, a boy. And some of those scenes were really creepy. Uh, there was one scene that had one of the coolest camera moves. And, and it's, like I said, not something we haven't seen before. But Iqbal is lying in bed and you had the camera kind of sideways as he's with him, as he's lying in bed. And as he moves up, as he sits up in his bed, you you see the camera kind of tilt and move up with him, revealing this demon that has been lying beside him the whole time. It's it, like I said, is nothing that we haven't seen before. But by God, it was one of the creepier, scarier moments in the movie. And it was a lot of shots like that 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 really made this movie interesting to watch. I mean, there were, there was a lot of interesting visuals just from the weird dilapidated feel it felt like a weathered old apartment complex to the varying colors in the in the room that Jamil has all these exotic plants and all these exotic uh you know flora and fauna that that he's collected in the jungles the imagery and the lighting in there was really kind of creepy and otherworldly there's a lot of interesting shots in the room of course there's this room that is is all these padlocks on it and it has this paper on it uh the kids call it a mantra it's some sort of ward of some kind to to keep uh, the demon trapped and this is where this demon is trapped you know like I said we are into the spoiler section of the uh of the show so uh that's I mean you should you should know that by now if you've seen the movie but inside of that room which really plays a big part in the ending you, you don't realize it until the ending but you you don't, don't understand just how important this room is but some of those shots where the light from above kind of has this dark space in the middle of it 
And it almost looks like a shadow, but then you see the demon and other things coming in and out of it, almost like it is a portal to another dimension. Some of those shots were really creepy and weird. And then when you get the resolution of the movie and all of a sudden this this portal disappears and then the light fills the space back up, you see it as it should be. And and that was kind of like, oh yeah, that that was an effect. It didn't it didn't feel like an effect at the time. It just felt, I don't know, it just felt odd and out of sorts, but it felt natural. And then when you realize what the natural look of it should have been, you you realize what sort of care was put into creating that visual effect. And, and that was really interesting. And the effects were really, I thought, really good in this, at least the practical effects. There was a ton of practical effects, a ton of makeup work uh, with all the dead corpses and all of the dream sequences, all these bizarre imagery that we got to see. They did a really amazing job with the practical effects and even the visual effects. I mean, there were a lot of visual effects. There were a lot of CG work. And, and like I said, some of the CG work uh, did really work for me. Uh, but then there were other CG effects that I'm like, oh, well, you could have done that practically and it would have looked a lot better. And then, of course, CG blood to enhance uh, practical effects. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it didn't. For me, it didn't work in this. Uh, I'm a, I am hate CG blood. When you can do blood practically, there's, there's no excuse for CG blood, at least in my mind. But the CG work was, it was okay at best and not very good when it wasn't very good. But the practical effects, that really was a, a triumph of this movie that I really enjoyed. I really liked the relationship between the kids as well because you had uh, Iqbal, you had a boy, uh, you had the little sister, which she doesn't play a big role in this, but then you also had a couple other characters, Ali and Bob, uh, a couple of the, the kids that hang around. And when you first watch this, it, it almost kind of has like, I don't know why, it really reminded me of Innocence. And like an older version of these kids just hanging around and, and one of them has a power. But uh, but it didn't go that route at all. But it almost felt in some regards that it was going to have like a, a Goonies type feel where you have, you know, this group of kids, this group of friends, and they have an adventure. But it gets real, real quick when both Ali and Bob are, are killed. And, and I really was impressed that they went there with that. You didn't see many of the kills. You saw more of the bodies after the fact. But some of the, like I said, the, the special effects work and the practical makeup and practical effects they did on these these corpses that you saw was, was pretty chilling and pretty amazing. So while you didn't, and I don't think you needed to see the death, I, I think that it had a lot to be implied. Uh, and... The results, just seeing that, was was shocking enough. But I enjoyed the relationship between the kids. Uh, Iqbal is the the loner because he has this power that nobody understands. Not even, you know, only his mother really understands his power. His father, their relationship is a lot about how uh, the father, Norman, will never understand the things that Iqbal sees. So he really kind of feels alone even when he's in a crowd. You have a boy, Narul, who is 
for some reason, I mean, she's got this tomboy vibe about her, but it really feels like it is forced upon her by her grandmother. Her grandmother is very much that she should not ever look like a girl. And you don't understand it at first. I mean, it, it makes sense later. And we'll kind of discuss that a little bit. But her and Iqbal are, are very close. Then you have Ali and Bob. Ali is kind of the, the troublemaker of the group and, and the one that's always getting into mischief. Bob is the one that he just really doesn't have a filter. He just says things without thinking. And it was a nice dynamic. I wish we could have got more of that dynamic. But there again, like I said, it would have come across as like a kid's film, a, a horror version of Goonies. And that's just not what this film was. It wasn't what the point of this film was. So I, maybe it's it's a good thing they didn't go that route. But it was really interesting to see this dynamic for the short time that we did before bodies start hitting the floor. But kind of getting into that second family, a boy or, or Narul, her her family that lives next door to, to Iqbal and his family. Uh, theirs was a very opposite dynamic than Iqbal and his family. He's very close with his, with his family. And even though he has kind of this not contentious relationship with his father, but, you know, his father doesn't know the things that he's going through. His mother would have known, but she's dead now. So you have that relationship, but he's still, you know, the father's still there for the son and, and supporting him and doing whatever he can to to try and help him. Where in this other family, you've got the mother Anna, who has kind of distanced herself and is just kind of going through the motions ever since the loss of their daughter, Farah. Uh, the father, Jamil, is kind of kind of a sleazy guy. You almost have this feeling like he is like in some sort of organized crime. He has that vibe about him. And it's very telling as to who Jamil is when... The Uncle Rahim is talking to a boy and is talking about how when she gets a little bit older, he's going to he's going to show her what a real man is and show her how to be a real woman. It's really creepy. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? I, I this relationship is a little too Game of Thrones, Cersei and Jamie Lannister for my liking. And. You don't realize it then, but it is a, a mirror to what actually happened to a boy's sister, Farah. And and we get that reveal later on that Jamil impregnated her and she dies trying to give birth to this child. And the grandmother, Popo, is, is in on this. And that's why she is so weird throughout this whole thing, saying that, you know, the, we'll be damned. She keeps repeating that, even even as a ghost, she keeps repeating that. And because she, she was a part of this cover-up, and then you understand why she didn't want uh, Narul to be uh, feminine in any way, because if she became feminine and became of age, uh, that Jamil and, as we saw, Rahim were going to do horrible things to her. So uh, Popo uh, really kind of pushed uh, 
this tomboy image onto Narul. And it's kind of the exact opposite of Iqbal's family, where it's very nurturing and caring and loving. This family is torn apart by trauma and incest and death. And, you know, one family, it's a safe haven. The other family, it's all trauma. And it's a real shame that they didn't play into the mystery. Like I said earlier, uh, there was a lot of the, the story that I thought was very compelling the the big reveal about Jamil and what he did to Farah and how she died and and bringing the demon into the picture and him trapping it in this room was all very interesting but there was like no red herring there was no sort of subtle hints as to what had gone on what had happened to Farah and like I said I, I almost wish I could have got a little less of Iqbal you know complaining that uh, he didn't want these powers. Uh, you felt for him. You felt sorry for him. That scene where he's standing on the balcony and he's watching these kids playing soccer and his dad comes up and he's talking about just wanting to be normal. Uh, you felt for him. But we got like a ton of scenes like that. Or at least it felt like a ton of scenes like that where you didn't need so many scenes with him lamenting the fact that he has these abilities that his father's trying to say, hey, God gave you these abilities and it's a part of his plan. You didn't need as many scenes with that. You could have taken some of those scenes out. And I would have liked to have seen more of an investigation by, by Narul and Iqbal. Trying to find out why this demon was trapped in this room. And, and where it came from. And, and maybe find some sort of links to... Uh, the sister and what happened to her. So you felt as an audience member like you were part of this investigation trying to figure out. And that way when they have the big revelation at the end of the movie, you're not just blindsided. You're, you you could have figured that out if you had just read the clues right. And, and I'd never really felt like there were any strong enough clues as to that's what happened to make you even suggest that that is how it all played out. So when you get that big reveal, which is done in flashback, and then you come back to present day and everybody acts like they they watched the flashback as well. And you're like, how could you? And, and it just all, like I said, felt like it was just popped right in your face. Here it is. Here's what happened. It was Jamil all along. And I would have liked to a little seen a little more development of that story, development of that mystery. I think that would have made that a little more interesting. But ultimately, this is a movie that I, I wanted to like more than I did. It just had some missteps to it. Like I said, the, the mystery of what happened to Farah and the big re revelation with Jamil, I don't think it was handled properly. Uh, there was a little too much focus on Iqbal and him not wanting his powers and not accepting his powers and a little too much back and forth with the dad about, I don't want my powers. Your powers are a gift from God. There was a lot of scenes like that. I think the CG, some of it was pretty good. Some of it was a little iffy. A lot of the practical makeup was amazing. The demon was kind of weird and almost elemental, almost like it was made out of wood and vines and stuff like that, which kind of it felt apropos with the, the blood flower theme and the corpse flower that is a big showpiece in this. The herky-jerky kind of motion that the 
creature did and when it possessed people like Narul, she kind of did that herky-jerky motion. Same with Iqbal. That was creepy. Again, nothing we haven't seen before, but the creature design on the demon was was interesting. Uh, it, it wasn't your typical demon. And I think when you when you look at demons and how they're portrayed in a lot of other countries, uh, a lot of them are very elemental. So, so that was kind of interesting. It was an interesting take on a demon and demonic possession. Although the possession scenes were, were nothing that we haven't seen before. It was fairly stock when it comes to when it comes to possession but where it lacked in some storytelling choices and some some iffy cg i thought it made up for in really interesting characters uh i would like to seen some of the character stories fleshed out a little better but ultimately i cared about these characters and i thought the actors were really good for not knowing any of these actors and this is all in subtitles it's not overdubbed and uh, sometimes, I mean, if you're getting shitty voice actors like Netflix usually does, I would rather just watch a movie with subtitles. I know some people have a uh, a problem with subtitles. I prefer not to have subtitles just because yeah, I'm spending so much time reading the bottom of the screen trying to keep up there that I miss things. And I don't always have the opportunity to watch movies two and three times just to see what I missed. But uh, but I would rather watch a movie with subtitles uh, than to watch it with shitty voice acting overdubs. And this was a movie that, uh, you know, I, I tried to try to keep it balanced i tried to pay attention enough to the action and the actors and the performances they were giving and and not knowing what they're saying other than just the subtitles not necessarily knowing the exact inflection on words the acting all seemed really good to me i believed everything that was going on i believed the relationships and that breaks the language barrier when you we can see a, a father and a son having a moment and feeling for them in that moment you know you don't need to know what they're saying to know what they're feeling. And I thought all the actors did a pretty good job at that, a really good job at that. And the effects were amazing. I thought the the special practical effects were were amazing. I thought they did a really good job with the makeup work. Uh, from a directing standpoint, I thought this was, uh, you know, Dane Said did a, a really good job with this. There was a lot of interesting things visually, a lot of things that kept you captivated there were like i said in in some regards there were some scenes where you had a lot of patience with with allowing the scene and the tension to play out and allowing that atmosphere and that anticipation to build then there were other scenes where he wasn't as patient and it may have been a timing thing i mean this movie is about an hour and 40 minutes give or take it never felt too long for me but i have to imagine uh the more patient you are in some scenes, the longer this movie is going to drag out. And it could have it could have collapsed under its own weight, uh, the weight of time, if you did draw out some of those scenes. So, you know, it, it may have been a creative choice. It may have been a timing choice to not allow some of these scenes to play out the way I think they would have been a little more scary if you had. But he did have some really good scenes like that. So, I, you know, you know he knows how to do that. Uh, I just wish there were more opportunities for him to to linger on some scenes and linger on some shots to, to really build that tension before the big scare. Uh, a lot of times we just got the big scare, not the buildup. It's like jumping in the sack without even taking the time to take your socks off. So ultimately, I thought this was, like I said, a, a movie... 
I wanted to like more than I did, but I I ended up liking it more than I probably should have. I, I did enjoy this movie. It's not to say it's perfect. It's not to say it doesn't have its faults, but it was a it was an engaging and intriguing enough idea and story and character and and visual that I I was hooked for the whole time and and never did really feel like the movie overstayed its welcome. It, it didn't feel too long it may have bordered on that because like i said there are a lot of uh, a lot of iqbal and his father uh scenes where you know i don't want to have these powers you've got these powers from god too many more of those and i probably would have been like okay i'll start checking my watch and i did really enjoy the the religious aspect of this it it took it from a, a different uh, standpoint because so many times with religious possession movies you're you're dealing with catholicism whereas this these are uh, characters of the muslim faith and it was really interesting to see how their faith played into the movie and into the casting out of demons in in some of these rituals and and that was kind of interesting and not a take that you really get a lot of of here in the United States. Although I know with the new Exorcist Believer movie that they are they're moving away from Catholicism because because Catholics fighting demons are so 70s. Uh, they're going to do all faiths in a very kumbaya moment I'm sure from David Gordon Green, but uh, I, I'm trying not to I'm trying not to let David Gordon Green's bastardization of the Halloween franchise skew my my impressions of what exorcism believer is going to be like but it's hard giving how little faith i have in david gordon green and horror right now but but at any rate it was interesting to see how the muslim faith played into this story uh was very interesting and uh not something you get to see a whole lot of in cinema so don't take my word for it i enjoyed it well enough Uh, Like I said, not my favorite movie, but certainly not my least favorite movie of the year. And it was an enjoyable enough watch that uh, I think you should should at least watch it once. And give it a shot and see what you think about it. Don't take my word for it. Go check out Blood Flower. Movie really doesn't have anything to do really with the flower. But uh, I've seen uh, names that have less to do with the movie than that. But go check it out on Shudder and uh, see how you feel about it. And see if maybe... Maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. Maybe you love this movie, maybe you hate this movie, but uh, at the very least, check it out for yourself on Shudder. I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Blood Flower. You can check out more of what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our social pages, Facebook. We're always posting trailers and articles from horror, fantasy, and science fiction I find all over the internet. I like to add my two cents as well. You can check us out on Instagram also and stay on top of all the latest episodes of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Be sure to, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google podcast wherever be sure to like follow subscribe whatever you have to do whatever your particular platform calls it also leave a review five stars would be awesome but whatever review you leave we do appreciate that and most importantly share the podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror fantasy and science fiction help us get the name out there help us build up our audience build up our numbers uh, so we can keep doing this and we certainly do appreciate that so until next time Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. 
We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!